This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. You're listening to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. On the line with us uh, right now is Mark. Mark was a client of Sands & Associates. He recently chose to file a uh, consumer proposal to deal with his debt situation. Mark, I can't tell you how happy we are that you've been able to take some time and talk to us. And and, uh, it's just so good for other folks to hear what other people go through uh, because things resonate and then they go, okay, this guy did it. Maybe I can or, or gives me some food for thought to take some action. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Great. So uh, I guess the first thing we want to hear about is uh, the situation that brought you, that got you in the door at Sands & Associates. Well, what happened was I had a couple of long layoffs over the last three years, and living in Metro Vancouver isn't exactly cheap. Mm -hmm. So you put those two things together, and as much as I tried to stay ahead, I just couldn't and after a while the spiral began and you're just getting further and further behind so um yeah that's pretty much what happened and how long were you laid off for mark that the first and the second time uh first time was about nine months and the second time was about 11 months that's a those are very long periods of time yeah and I think the other thing, too, I'd just like to point out this uh, before you continue on, is that this is the kind of situation that you, that Sands & Associates mm-hmm. runs into. This is of no fault of your own, right, Mark? I mean, layoff is a layoff, and you don't have any control over that. That's that's right. You you don't. And your your budgets are, you know, you're doing okay and everything when you're working, but as soon as you lose that income and now you're relying on EI, um, or some other form of, you know, savings or something that you might have. When you're relying on something that turns out to be, you know, less than half of what you had, um, you, you, there's just no way. You just can't keep up. Yeah, and Mark, we talk a lot on the on this show about, you know, how you can kind of protect yourself a little bit as to have an emergency fund, and the emergency fund we talk about is often six months of expenses, and yeah, that would, that would help, but, you know, you went through 20 months of a layoff here, so yeah, I think it's, it's no surprise here, not putting words in your mouth, but was it you started to have to use credit to just, you know, pay for some living expenses as the layoffs continued? Is that what happened? Yes, that's, yeah, it's uh, just more and more credit, and things just, just happened that to just keep going you get into that spiral of okay how am i going to pay for this well we're gonna we're gonna do it this way this month and this way next month and next month and it just keeps going how long did it take you mark before you realized that you were in the situation you were in and that you needed to ask for some help and get some help with it i tried dealing with it on my own for about a year and a half um i downsized my vehicle i down i cut my insurance coverage. I moved to a cheaper place. Um, uh, cut down on my food bill as much as I could. I cut everywhere. Um, 
just trying to keep the, the head above water type thing. And Mark, did you have any debt before you were, you were laid off or was it suddenly that you really started to go into debt once the income got hit? I was able to keep up with everything. At the, I had student loan debt and mm-hmm. and uh, and um, stuff like that that I was keeping ahead of. But when you lose your, you know, half your income like that, it it kind of you gotta you gotta start cutting somewhere, and you just end up going behind. And you make the phone call: Can I pay this one next month? Can okay? Will you let me do this much this month and this month? And just back and forth, back and forth, and eventually you're just so far behind. Yeah, and Mark, I wanted to understand that a, a little bit because I know, you know, I've, I obviously was not the first person you called to try to fix this this problem. You know, first you tried to deal directly with the creditors, as you were just saying. What was that like? Did you find that they were receptive to working with you? Was that, you know, the right thing to do for a period of time? Was there any good coming out of that? <laughs> Funny you should ask. There was absolutely no good coming out of that. Oh, really? Um, okay. In fact, one of them even told me that I should buy a tent and then use my <laughs> rent money to pay my bills. It's wow. compassionate. Eh? Yeah, yeah, Un- exactly. Unbelievable. Because, hmm, yeah, I, I hear it from a lot of clients that, you know, the first thing we say is, well, talk to your creditors. You know, if you owe one person money and you can't pay them this month, maybe they'll allow you to, you know, pay next month or a lower interest rate. But what I hear again and again is, you know, usually it's that you need more credit because if you need more credit, we can maybe help you. But beyond that, there's not a lot of help directly from creditors. It sounds yeah, like that, the, that was your experience. The only, the only one that was really willing to make any... Um, concessions was actually the federal government student loan. Okay. Um, otherwise, nobody else was even willing to, to talk about any other ideas. And what were they willing to do? Was it an interest freeze or, you know, suspend payments for a while? Uh, suspend payments for a while and then start with, you know, fairly low payments um, after that. So oh. it was, um, they, they were, they were quite compassionate compared to just about everybody else. So you made the decision to ask for some help, and you ended up going to Sands and Associates. Uh, what about the whole consumer proposal? That's what you ended up doing, but had you even heard about a consumer proposal before that? I had, um, but I, I was hoping that I, I was hoping that I wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'd. Um, you know, when I sat down and and I'd heard the ads for Sands and Associates before, and once I started to think about it, that yes, okay, maybe this is what I need to do. And how was your overall experience from the from the start? It's so easy, so exceptionally easy, and and overall really quick, like a matter of two or three weeks, and uh, we had things on track and fixed. That's great, Mark, and and I know I, I'm happy you're on the show because you and I dealt um, directly at at every step here. So I wonder just to give our listeners a little bit of a sense of what what people go through. So you know, the first meeting you you walked in the door, you hadn't met me before. Um, can you give me your sense of you know that meeting? What were you expecting, and and what actually happened there? Well, I the first thing I noticed, Blair, was there was no judgment mm-hmm. as to how how I ended up in your office. Um, you were just you just wanted to help right. and it didn't matter how i got there um you just wanted to help and that was really the like wow that was a wow moment oh good and you know that uh that kind of built the trust right there and uh 
you know, once we once we went through the solutions, it was, you know, it was easy to accept. And what was the end result, Mark, in terms of what did you what did you come out with after you guys figured out what you could pay and and uh, and how to move forward? How did all that go? Uh, really well. Um, I'm I don't remember exactly what the the percentage in in total debt reduction was. Blair may remember that, but I know there was a significant reduction and. Um, and the payments are something that I can easily handle right now. So um, it was a really good process. I really enjoyed actually working with Blair. And it must feel pretty terrific. It feels great. Um, for the first time in a long time, I'm you know not worried about um, not worried about uh, you know which one am I going to have to pay this month or not pay this month, and how much am I going to pay that one, and not going to have to figure it out. It's just like I pay once and and it's done it's easy it's it's so easy would you can you talk a little bit about your experience and and the impact that it that this process has had on your financial habits or how you think about money or how you think about debt have have any of those shifted well i'm not definitely not using credit as much as i was um using you know, much, much less. And that first counseling session was really good. Um, uh, talking with Blair's associate there for the first time was a couple of eye-openers there. So um, just watching things better, staying, you know, making sure that I don't get behind or anything like that. And can you talk a little bit more about the things that really your eyes were open to for the first time? Uh, how easy, um, how easy it is to get into that situation. Like it, you'd be surprised, one paycheck away from being there, right? And then how, uh, just how easy it is to get get behind and things like that. It's, um, but it can happen to anybody. Yeah, I, th- I think your, your words are, are just so on, on point, Mark, in that, um, you know, as Elaine said earlier, you were doing everything right, and suddenly you got laid off, and, you know, most folks would be in the same situation, 20 months of reduced income or no income. Um, you know, if you weren't in debt before, then you're going to be in, in debt after. Um, so I think it's really impressive to just hear uh, that you've been able to go through the consumer proposal and, you know, maintain a very positive attitude. I can just hear it coming through that, you know, you got optimism as, as you move forward. Um, I wonder, Mark, what would you, uh, what words of advice would you give to somebody who might be facing a similar situation? Because I know some people are so self-critical and they think reaching out to a trustee, you know, it's an admission of failure. And, um, and you know, I know it's completely not that, but I think hearing it from someone who's been through it can, can mean a lot. Yeah. Um, don't wait. <laughs> um, the first signs of trouble, you need to talk to Blair. Um <laughs> Go talk to Blair and his team and, and at least see the options. Do not wait. Uh, the longer you wait, the, the worse it can get, and then you're in real trouble. And we've got a couple of uh, minutes left in this segment, and, and Blair, Mark's words mm-hmm. certainly aren't new to you. You hear this from folks who have come and sat down in front of you and laid out mm-hmm. their situation. 
Yeah, and you know, I hear a lot of the fears that that people have, and and Mark, I was so um, you know, if you could see me, you just see you know, chest popped up with pride when you said the first thing you felt was no judgment, because uh, that's exactly what we try to do at, at Sands and Associates. And I might have said this to you, and if not, I hope you feel it. But I know I could be in the same situation. You know, we're all just you know one job loss away, or one medical condition away, or one relationship breakdown away from having to seek help for our debts. So I think the more that people are hearing this and realizing that you know you getting help, it doesn't mean that you're feeling judged. This is the time when you can actually start to move forward. Um, I'm curious, Mark, as you said, you said a bunch of times, and I really believe it, that it's been a very easy process. What was the hardest part of it? Because um, I hear different things from different clients. Sometimes it's getting, you know, being forced to become organized and get taxes caught up and different things like that. What did you find was the most work you had to do to, to get things going? Um, I think the, the most work would be getting the getting the paperwork together, mm-hmm. um, you know, confirmation of the bills and things like that. That was probably the most work I had to do. And even that wasn't that hard um, because, you know, they're sending you bills every day. So yeah. um, it, uh, it really wasn't a hard process. It was, it was so easy. Good. If you'd like more information or if this resonates with you, check out the website, Sands & Associates. It's sands-trustee.com. You're listening to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, who are experts in helping you get out of debt. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. One of the key pieces that is so beneficial for so many folks is filing what's called a consumer proposal when that debt is overwhelming. Let's talk about how the consumer proposal process works, Blair. And let's start with like just a very basic overview. Yeah, so what a consumer proposal is, is I consider it the most powerful but less least well-known um, ability to restructure your finances. So in a nutshell, a consumer proposal will consolidate all your debts. They'll put everything together and you have one payment that you need to make, but two really big improvements. So it will stop all future interest charges so the debts stop moving away from you and it reduces the amount you owe down to what you can afford. So in most cases, people pay back 30 to 50% of the debt that's outstanding with no further interest charges, no administrative fees, and they avoid filing for a bankruptcy. So it's an alternative to throwing up your hands and filing for bankruptcy. It's a compromise that allows you to restructure things down to one simple payment you make each month that's a better result for everybody involved. So I've come to you guys. I've got a I've, I've got a, a big debt that I want to get a hold of and deal with once and for all. I'm totally interested in the consumer proposal. Doing one of those, how how do we start that? So everything starts with an initial consultation. So we sit down in one of our 15 offices, we meet face-to-face, and we review the entire situation. So we try to understand three big categories of information. So we want to understand what are the debts. So is there a mortgage? Is there car loan, income taxes, student loans, MasterCard, Visa? All those different types of debts we want to know in detail. And are you up to date on them? Are you missing payments? Is it your priority you know, to make the mortgage payment so you can keep the house? And is that compromising your ability to pay all the 
other debts. So we go into detail on all the debts. Uh, then we kind of turn the page and we say, well, what are the assets? You know, are there certain things that you really need to protect? Are there RESP savings for the kids? Um, you know, is there a vehicle? Um, are there RRSPs? Is there pension plans? We want to understand all the assets as well and see what's the the meshing. Is there, you know, more assets than debt? Or usually quite often there's very few assets and quite a bit of debt. So that's a situation where a proposal makes a whole lot of sense. Then we want to look towards the household budget. So we want to understand what's the income from every member of the household. Um, how stable is that income? Is it, you know, full-time T4 employment? Is it very seasonal, self-employed? That's going to matter depending on the types of options that are available to the person. So in the space of 45 minutes to an hour, we'll do an in-depth assessment of, you know, those three categories. And then we'll go into depth about what are the options that are available to you. You know, we'll talk about a bankruptcy. We'll talk about trying to pay everything off in full. Um, but for for many people, a consumer proposal is a hugely attractive option um, because it avoids the bankruptcy and it gives you a payment that you can afford. And I want to just reiterate that that's part of your first, your hour consultation, your first free hour consultation when you walk in the door. So we've decided I'm going to go with a consumer proposal. Mm-hmm. What do I, what do we do then? Yeah. So after the, the first meeting, so the first meeting you would walk out saying, okay, I know what my proposal payment will be. I know the information I have to give to my trustee to prepare the proposal and I've got some thinking to do. So generally we have a second meeting, you know, either a few days or maybe a week after the first meeting. And we sit down, we review everything again. We say, okay, you've got all the proof of the debts now. You've shown me your taxes. This is the proposal that you want to do. Yep, everything's good. We'll answer the questions. And then we'll go through and we'll sign proposal documents. From the day we sign the proposal documents, the individual is fully protected. No more collection calls, no more collection activities, no court actions, nothing else can happen other than the creditors have to consider the proposal that person has made. So let's say, for example, and this is, you know, numbers we deal with all the time, um, if it's a $30,000 amount of debt and we're offering a proposal for $10,000, for example, we'll put that proposal out to the creditors and we'll say, you know, it's $166 a month over 60 months. And then the creditors will vote to accept or reject that proposal. And I think this is an interesting point. We, you don't have to have 100% of your creditors on side. You just need 50% of the value, which I think is really an important piece. Elaine, you sound like an expert here. I love it. And, and, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. get this, I tell yeah. you. No, and that, that's a hugely important piece there too, because if you've got one creditor, whether it's a personal creditor or maybe it's even the government that's yelling and screaming and say, hey, no way, no how will I ever accept any penny less than what you owe me, unless they've got 50% of your debt, They've got to go along for the ride in a consumer proposal. All we need is 50% by dollar value to say yes. So what happens when you file the proposal is there's a voting period. So there's 45 days from the day you sign the proposal where you don't make any payments and nothing can happen to you. All your creditors can do is decide, are they going to accept the proposal? Or are they going to reject the proposal? Or are they going to counter offer? And if you can believe it, 95% of the time, they accept the proposal that you make. They're willing to accept 20% of the debt because the alternative, if they reject the proposal, is quite often the person will file for bankruptcy and they end up with nothing. Right. And the, and this whole proposal gets registered as well, which I think is an important piece. I mean, that's that's where that's where the benefit mm-hmm. of dealing with a licensed insolvency trustee. Exactly. So when you do a consumer proposal, it's under the authority of federal law, and the trustee has the again the authority to register the proposal to make it legally binding on all of your creditors. So there's nobody that can opt out and say they weren't informed or they don't want to participate. Federal law takes precedence over everything. Again, whether it's MSP taxes and 
uh, student loans or whatever, a consumer proposal can deal with everything. Now, there's also some nice counseling, and I say nice because I mm-hmm. just think it's such a benefit, counseling sessions that get attached to this process that when once you enter it. Yeah, so the government requires, and definitely we endorse this as, as trustees, that you get some counseling as you go through a consumer proposal. So it's more than just, you know, you're reducing the debt and that's that, and, you know, please don't do it again. Um, it's a case of we really want to dig in to understand, you know, what are the circumstances, financial and non-financial, that might have led to this situation. That's really the focus of the first counseling session. And then we want to give you the tools during that session, you know, from a household budgeting point of view, to live within your means each month, to know when the warning signs are happening, to do a course correction now rather than you know three years from now when the debts might have accumulated so you know one of the counseling sessions is all about giving you the tools and understanding what got you here the second counseling session is all about your future so how are you going to rebuild your credit how are you going to make sure when all these offers of credit happen are going to be offered to you in the future that you're responsible that you know you know how to do things right in the future so it's one time you have to do a proposal right because those other institutions are not going to let up they still want your money they still want you to hold their credit card they still want you to buy yeah. this this and this and it's so easy to purchase these days oh, and yeah. of course that's not going to stop yeah if you think and this is a big you know fear that people have that if you're going to be untouchable because you've done a consumer proposal and there's a credit rating impact, or even if you've done a bankruptcy, you're untouchable. My God, the opposite is the case. The number of people I have coming through my door who have done a bankruptcy in the past or a proposal in the past and have managed to get into trouble again, (laughs) it happens. So, you know, and that's just the bad side of it, but many people are able to incur debt, no problem, incur mortgages again. It's not a life sentence just because you have to restructure your debts once. Right. And that's a really good point because sometimes folks think that, oh, you know, once I'm I'm done this, I'm clear and free. But no, if you haven't addressed kind of the things that got you into trouble or got you into this pickle to begin with, mm-hmm. then you haven't really resolved it. You may have paid off the debt, but boy, oh boy, that uh, whatever it is that that uh, that lets it makes you spend your money or or gets you excited investing in uh, is still going to be coming at you. Yeah. Very good. So here's the deal. If there's some pieces of what we've been talking about in this segment that really resonate with you, that you think, oh boy, maybe I should take a look at this, take a look at my situation seriously. Maybe I need a third party or, or another per- party to, to help me look at uh, where I am in terms of my budget and how I'm managing things when I, when I feel like I'm getting overwhelmed uh, with people wanting me to pay them back or the, the creditors. Uh, sands-trustee.com is the website. You can book your free consultation. It's very painless. It'll probably be incredibly enlightening uh, that you've, you could never expect it to be as good as it's going to be in terms of understanding where you are right now and uh, give you an opportunity to start living that debt-free life. You're listening to Dollars and Cents. We cover a lot of topics here every week on Dollars and Cents, from mistakes not to make when you're in debt to mapping out the mystery behind credit scores and reports and everything in between. We'd love your input as a listener on what financial-related topics are important to you. Tell us what you want to learn more about. Send us an email to radio at sands-trustee.com. That's radio at sands-trustee.com. You're listening to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, who are experts in helping you get out of debt. We'll be back with more right after this.
Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt by calling 1-800-661-3030 for a free consultation and to find an office near you. We're talking about consumer proposals versus credit counseling. We've talked a lot about consumer proposals and the benefits of them and how they work, but credit counseling we don't always talk about. It is out there. It comes from a couple of different sources. Let's talk about the differences. Uh, Many people surprised to learn, and I am in this category, that a, a consumer proposal can be a better option for debt consolidation than traditional credit counseling. And I always think that credit counseling is a good place to start, but there's so many reasons why that may not be the case and not the best solution for you. Yeah, exactly right, Elaine. So I think in today's segment, you know, we're going to talk about some different, you know, factors and why there are differences between credit counseling and a consumer proposal. Um, Let's just fill in, you know, perhaps if there's some gaps in the audience, what are we actually talking about here about a credit counseling plan? Uh, Because if you sit down with a credit counselor and, you know, sometimes they're called a debt advisor or a not-for-profit credit counselor or a debt consultant, you know, essentially what they've got in their bag of tricks is what's called a debt management plan. And a debt management plan is where you agree to make payments to pay off your debt in full Um, over a five-year period, but usually you can negotiate an interest freeze. So if you went into a credit counselor and you said, you know, I owe $30,000 and they're charging me a bunch of interest and I just can't afford it, what they can typically do for you for some debts, not all, but some debts, is to negotiate an interest freeze and say, okay, if we're able to freeze all the interest and all the debts, you're going to pay back $30,000 plus some fees over a five-year period. So you'll make payments of probably $500 a month. So it's a repayment plan in full, but in generally with no interest. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about a credit counseling plan. Okay. And all of that sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. On its own, by itself, it sounds good. But where it doesn't is when you start comparing it to how a consumer proposal works. Exactly. And that's the purpose of today. So, um, you know, first factor is how much of the debt do you have to pay back? right? So we were just explaining about a credit counseling plan that you're required to repay 100% of the principal. And ideally, there's some interest freeze, but there's definitely no interest freeze if a creditor doesn't agree to the plan, which not every creditor has to, but you know, a lot of them will agree to it. Or if it's a government debt, a government debt, you can never freeze the interest through a credit counseling plan. That's just going to continue to accumulate. And that would, could, could be your tax debt, yeah. could be student loans if you've done gone through that, gone that venue. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. important difference there. So, in general, in a credit counseling plan, you're required to repay 100% of the debt. On a consumer proposal, very, very rare in a consumer proposal are you paying back 100%, almost never. For the vast majority of cases, you're paying back what you can afford, which is usually 20% of the debt, 30%, maybe 40 It's some subset, some portion of the debt to the extent that the most people that do a consumer proposal, they reduce their debt by 70%. So the $30,000 we were talking about, you know, if you're doing a credit counseling plan, you're paying back $30,000 dollar for dollar. Um, if you're doing a consumer proposal, you're probably paying back $10,000. A your, big your, difference. Your monthly payment of $500 is probably about $160. Yeah. So you can imagine the space that creates in a family's budget. Absolutely. Now there's also a, a big difference between, we talked about monthly payments, but the administration costs as well. And I think that's an important piece. Yeah. So it's as part of a consumer proposal, everything is set by government tariff and trustees are prohibited and we never would anyway, but we're prohibited from charging any fees that are outside of the consumer proposal. So if we figure out what you can afford is $166 a month on a $30,000 debt, 
the trustee gets paid out of that. So one way to look at it is your creditors are actually paying the cost of the trustee. You've decided what you can afford to pay back and that a payment has to get split between the trustee and the creditors with the creditors getting, you know, upwards of 80% of what you pay back and the trustee getting the balance. Now it's really important too, that as a trustee, any consumer proposal that I make, I have to do, uh, I have to give my opinion that I believe it's in everyone's best interest and I believe the person will be able to perform it. So no trustee in Canada is allowed to put somebody on a payment plan where it's set up to fail, meaning either that it doesn't you know, provide for the necessities of the family each month or it's just too much of an obligation. So we've got to make sure this is an affordable payment plan that the person you know, can actually work into their budget. If you're on a credit counseling plan, the math again is relatively simple. It's what's your debt divided by 60, there's your monthly payment, and let's make all your other expenses fit that rather than the other way around. Let's understand all of your obligations, what's left for debt repayment, and that's how the trustee is going to structure the proposal. Now, are there other fees? I mean, can can that be hidden for uh, fees? Not not with the uh, with the uh, with the trustee, but with the debt counseling. It, do those show up, or can they show yeah, up? Yeah, they, they definitely can. So you know, some of the more reputable credit counselors they'll be very upfront about you know here's our fee. You know, it's forty or fifty dollars a month or something like that. And it's reasonable. Some of the less reputable credit counselors, yeah, you might find very significant fees. Sometimes they're couched as you know credit rebuilding coaching or extra counseling sessions or, you know, different credit products that are sold to you during the, the proceeding. Um, so definitely buyer beware. Um, if you're in a credit counseling plan, you're being offered additional options, products, or services. Probably those are things that are going to pad the profit line of the credit counselor, but they're not actually going to help you that much. And that's over and above your monthly payments over to pay above. off that debt. Yeah. And again, contrasting with a consumer proposal, nothing extra you ever pay. You don't pay a dollar to see the trustee the first time uh, or the second or the third time for that matter. It's when you file the consumer proposal, normally you make your first payment. So again, if it's that 166 we're talking about, you'll meet with a trustee a number of times. We'll review the whole situation. We'll get this great proposal filed and then you'll pay $166 when we sign the documents and you'll just keep paying each month thereafter. So no big upfront fees, nothing you need to save up to say, gee, now I can afford a proposal. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, so we talked about the administration costs, big difference in there. Mm -hmm. uh, the credit rating impact. Yeah, this was the biggest surprise for me, Elaine. I almost couldn't believe this when, when I you know, did the research this years ago now. Um, would you believe that in a credit counseling plan, when you're paying back everything you owe, but you're saving the interest, it hurts your credit the same as when you do a consumer proposal and you pay back what you can afford? So that is surprising. Right. Right? You, so the two scenarios we talked about, you're going to pay back $30,000, you're going to scrimp and save and put yourself through hardship for five years to pay back everything you owe. That's going to hit your credit report as an R7, kind of a technical term, but anyway, that's what it is, R7. Sure. Consumer proposal, where you paid probably $10,000, you had more room in your budget, maybe you're able to save money, now you've got a nest egg built up, it's going to be an R7. So exactly the same. So yeah. there's no benefit to your credit rating to go one way or, or the other. I mean, I mean, there's more advantage to doing the consumer proposal because mm -hmm. you're paying less money out, a smaller amount of the debt, and you're free and clear in a shorter period of time and less duress. Yeah, so that's one of the biggest reasons why we're doing these shows, Elaine, is there's certain things I think people just need to know. And I've had I've never had someone in my office that when I've explained that to them and they've been on a credit counseling plan, they've been, you know, 
have I, had I known that fact, they've all said they would have done a consumer proposal instead, and many people switch at that point. Because you automatically think that it's the opposite, right? Yeah. That one is going to be more advantageous than the other. You think there must be some benefit to me, you know, paying back everything I owe dollar for dollar exactly. as opposed to getting a discount in a proposal. But from a credit rating point of view, no difference. Now, morally, okay, I, I can buy it if you feel very proud that, you know, you were able to pay off every dollar that you owed. That's excellent. If you're able to afford it, go for it. But most people that I see, especially living in the lower mainland, it's hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck, and every dollar towards debt repayment is precious. Absolutely. Because the, the thing is, w- with people when they're entering into a consumer proposal situation or a bankruptcy proposal, often the, often the, the factors that got them there aren't they were uh, careless or fraudulent mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just life yep. has been handed to them in such a way that it's costing them way more or much more than they thought mm-hmm. it would ever cost them whether it be, uh, we've talked about this, where illness has shown up in the family, taken one of the, the uh, money earners out as a result, and, and then everything just sort of falls in on itself. Yeah, and you know, in, in general, most people, we all know we should have an emergency fund, you know, minimum three months, at least six months of expenses, you know, stocked away, but almost nobody has that. So yeah, we're exactly. all very financially precarious, just on this knife's edge. And when something breaks, a life event happens, you know, quite often people suddenly find themselves unable to honor their obligations. Let's talk about the creditor agreement and collection. How, how are they different there? And that's, this is a huge factor on a consumer proposal. So as we talked about in credit counseling, every creditor has to agree to the plan and they can opt out at any point. They can still sue you, call you and all that. Um, in a consumer proposal, all we need is 50% by dollar value, legally binding on everybody. So really important, again, generally your credit card companies, the MasterCard visas, they accept consumer proposals almost all the time because it's the best recovery ever. Um, and it, you know, compared to what a bankruptcy would be, um, if you've got a creditor, a personal creditor, or even the government for taxes who might be less willing to accept a consumer proposal, as long as they're not a majority of your debt, you can still deal with them in a consumer proposal. Whereas again, if it's credit counseling, you've got no ability to bind somebody who doesn't agree. So it's all based on everybody consensually agreeing that, yeah, this is the payments that we're going to split up, where a proposal, 50% by dollar value, legally binding, it cannot be reopened. It doesn't matter if someone's yelling or screaming. If they don't have 50%, they can't do anything. Yeah, it's a really important factor. And then the other big difference between the two are the qualifications. What allows you to do this work and what allows somebody else to do the work or to try to do the work. Right. So as as a licensed insolvency trustee, there's less than a thousand of us in Canada. It's a very coveted um, professional designation to have, and it takes quite a long time to qualify for it. So a trustee has a lot of power. We've got the power to use federal law to protect individuals, to restructure debts, to reduce amounts owing, to stop all the interest, just all these wonderful things that we can do. And we're regulated by the Office of the Superintendent of Bankruptcy, which is part of Industry Canada. So if you're dealing with a trustee and a consumer proposal and things don't go according to plan, you've got places you can go to get recourse. If you're dealing with a credit counselor, there's no national body, there's no set qualifications that you know says you know this is a qualified counselor versus not literally anybody could hang up a shingle in the next you know day week month or whatever start to call themselves a credit counselor and then very minimal amounts of regulation would allow them to do debt management plans so there's no multi-year you know education requirements there's no codes of ethics that are legally binding it's very much the wild west for a credit counselor and and the power for lack of a better word that a trustee has to put this in place for the person yep. uh, supersedes what what a, a, a credit counseling person would be able to do. Oh, absolutely. Consumer proposal can never be done by anyone other than a licensed insolvency trustee. I think it's really important too. one of the pieces as we just wrap up is to think about think about what we've talked about and 
if any of these pieces resonate with you, check out the website for Sands and Associates. They have so so much good information, lots of questions and answers for you. Confidential in-person consultations with Sands and Associates are always free. Simply call Sands and Associates at 1-800-661-3030 or visit the Sands and Associates website at sands-trustee.com to book your free consultation today. If you're not ready to meet in person or know someone who's resisting reaching out to a debt management professional like Sands & Associates, we still want to help. Simply send us an email with the breakdown of your debts, any assets that you have, such as a vehicle, home, or RRSPs, a basic idea as to your household's income, expenses, and general budget, plus any relevant information about your circumstances and situation. We'll review your situation anonymously during a segment and talk about what sort of solutions could be used to get you to a debt-free future. Send us the email at radio at sands-trustee.com. That's radio at sands-trustee.com today. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. On the line with us now is Chef Chef Helena. She's been a local fixture in the Vancouver area community, culinary community, for almost 30 years. She has cooking classes, great tips, and uh, she's going to inspire us and give us some good information. Uh, also, I want to add Red Seal Certified teaches lots of courses. That's how we know she, uh, Chef Helena is from, uh, from Blair, who's taken a class. And we're just so glad that you could join us today. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to, pleasure to talk to everyone today. So, of course, our show is all about dollars and cents, making sense out of the money that we have, living expenses, crazy these days, yeah, always is. going up, right? Yep. So how do you cut back on your household budget for food? And, I mean, is there a way to do that well? And But you don't want to skimp uh, and not eat well, but how do you do it? Or can you do it? You can definitely do it. Uh, you really need to learn how to... Uh, minimize your food dollar uh, and your budget the best uh, you can. Everything has gone up just recently again, uh, 4 to 6%, and unfortunately everything always keeps on going up. So we have to learn how to use your culinary dollar to the best advantage. And one of the things that I like to do is I like to use my flyers for when I'm, whether I'm teaching a cooking class or I'm catering an event. Uh, if I can use the flyers from the grocery stores, it will help me save some money, which means more money in my pocket. So that, that's one of the major things that I do, and I always make a grocery list. And the other thing, especially, you know, not necessarily in the summer or the wintertime, but you need to really shop the uh, not only the flyers, but shop the freezer section of your grocery store. You've got some great produce there that's frozen and it's packed and picked at the peak of perfection, which makes it perfect, and it's always ready to go and less waste. That's a really good place to just to get started to save some money. It's a really good suggestion because I know sometimes we sort of get it, or I, I have to own this, I get in this habit of, well, you know, I'll just go once a day and see what's on or see what's available. Uh, but that's not the best way to, to actually save some money. Not uh, really. Right? <laughs> and a lot of people shop, um, they say it's like, it's like shopping like a Frenchman is what they say. You know, you go in, exactly. you, get your, you get your baguette and you get your, your nice little piece of meat and your veggies for the day. Yeah. Well, you know what? Every time you go in the store, you also buy that one extra item. And, you know, you start, well, you know, I need this and I need that. You really, I mean, 
people used to go grocery shopping like two, three times a week. You can you can do that still two, three times a week, and and you really need to make a grocery list and stick to it as close as you possibly can. But obviously, if there's something that's a steal of a deal on sale, you, you need to grab it at that time. I think the flyers is a really good suggestion too, yeah. only because there's something. It's something that I recently discovered. I spend some time with them. We've got you know three or four grocery stores in the area where we live, yeah. and. There's some great deals, and it's and it's stuff that you can put in your cupboard or put in your freezer, uh, and it's good quality, brand-name things, yep. uh, but not costing an arm and a leg. That's right. You know, I mean, using your pantry is super important because there you've got your little mini store, which everything was on sale when you bought it. I mean, everything from soup to nuts will go on sale eventually, and it's usually within, within a month. So, I mean, you can wait a month for your tomato soup to go on sale or a month, you know, for your canned corn to go on sale. So... You know, when things go on sale, buy two. And this way you're not strapped. Let's say, for instance, you go into the grocery store and you're buying pineapple, canned pineapple. This week it was 97 cents. I had to buy it in an emergency because I actually didn't have it in my cupboard, and it cost me almost two bucks. Right. That's, exactly. that's double, you know. It means it's a one buck less in my pocket. So you really want to try to buy things on sale. And right now, things there's a lot of different loyalty programs that are going on. And, you know, I get stuck into buying in a certain store to get that loyalty, but sometimes it doesn't pay to, to do that, to save the $30 or whatever. Sometimes you just need to go to different stores, and, you know, it's all about the money. It's really all about how much money in the end that you can put in your pocket or keep in your pocket. It's easy to spend. It's hard to save. It's yeah. really difficult. Yeah. So you want to try to keep as much as you possibly can in your pocket. And along the, that, that line, um, Chef Elena, we, we sp- uh, speak on the show about a lot of our client experiences. And when someone comes in to us, one of the first things we help them with is, well, let's look at their budget. Let's figure yeah. out where is the money coming from and where is it going each month. Yeah. And when you ask people to set out a food budget, that's probably the one that people have the most difficulty yeah. with. And they always look to me, you know, well, what's a reasonable benchmark, a guideline? You know, you can spend as much as you want, but, that's you know, what, what's a reasonable, um, you know, place to start? So what do you think for a single person or, you know, up to a family of four, what should somebody budget? for groceries on a monthly basis? I mean, I really think that you're looking at about $200 per person per week sometimes. Um, Mm. You know, it depends sort of seasonality. Um, It depends also um, health concerns. Sometimes people need certain certain food products. Um, So so a single person could be $800 is a reasonable ballpark? Yeah, about... about six to eight hundred dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, that sounds like so much. I ne- I think I need to start collecting my mm-hmm. grocery receipts <laughs> yeah. when I'm done and add but, them up at the end of the but, month. But you know, I mean, people don't people forget and they don't realize every month. Even for my own personal family, I do a little budget and I go, okay, I've spent, let's say, I've spent mm, eighteen hundred dollars this month. So next month, I'll sort of you know, I'll hone back a little bit. I mean, you have to sort of see. You have to use the stuff that you have as well. Uh, you have to use the stuff that's in your pantry. You have to use the stuff that's in the freezer. And if you end up throwing the stuff away that's in your freezer, you're just throwing money right down the garbage. So people people want something fresh and new, and and you know, and you can buy. There's a lot of great things that you can buy frozen, which extends the shelf life of things as well. And when people throw leftovers in the garbage, you're throwing money away. I'll give you a for instance. Yesterday, my father and myself. I had a little piece of salmon left over. It was only four ounces, which is really not very much. And I made a curry out of it. And all of a sudden, that four ounces, so two ounces per person, stretched. And with all the veggies and everything and a little bit of rice, it was a fantastic meal. Now, I know I would have spent 20 bucks in a restaurant for it. And, of course, you get a drink and you get an appetizer. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, that it probably cost me under 10 bucks to feed two people. And that was just by using some leftovers. So throwing leftovers in the garbage is not the best solution. 
I'd have mm-hmm. to agree with you. I'm one of those people who loves eating leftovers. Not everybody does. Yes, some leftovers are better than others. <laughs> that's true. Absolutely, that's true. Let's talk about some more tips on how people can eat. Uh, and the other piece of this, too, I think is really important, is really healthfully yeah. on a budget. Well, you know what? There's a lot of convenience products out there. Um, you have to be sort of careful. And there's a lot of things where you're walking down, oh, I need this and I need that. And you're realizing, you know what? That's not the healthiest option. Really, you should be, idealistically, you should be shopping on the, not in the aisles, if possible. You want to be shopping around the perimeter of the grocery store, where all the fresh stuff is, all the fresh meats, all your fresh veggies and everything. But, you know, shop around and see. I quite often go to different ethnic grocery stores, and I'll pick up something that I wouldn't normally pick up, like lentils, and I will make, you know, a meal out of lentils, and, and that sort of lowers your grocery budget, and lentils are super healthy for you. And so... There's a lot of little tips like not buying things that are pre-done. I'll give you a huge for instance. Not buying pre-chopped vegetables like mm-hmm. onions. You're paying two to four times more for something like that that's pre-done. So some things are really cost-effective. So when you buy frozen spinach, you're actually getting in that one package about four package, four bunches of frozen spinach in that one frozen package. So great, great value for your money. But you, you just have to watch out and take a look and go into the bulk bin. You know, maybe get some different beans and legumes. Um, maybe stretch your meal out with a little bit of pasta. And you don't need to have all pasta. Throw in some veggie noodles, which is really popular right now. Great fiber, low in cost, super healthy. So that's another way to sort of to stretch things along. How about meal planning, Chef Helena? Is that, is that something you abide by as well? Because that's a bit of a challenge too sometimes, but it sounds like it would be a good idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. People walk in and they just grab stuff off the grocery store in a panic to get dinner on the table. I mean, it's dinner. People can wait 10, 15 minutes extra. So you really want to plan ahead and plan with the flyers. So, you know, you see chicken that's on sale, so you buy two chickens, so you're going to have maybe chicken pot pie one night, a roast chicken the next night, utilizing, once again, your leftovers. And you need to plan it, plan things out. Things, once again, will go on sale. So this way you can make the most of your of your budget. And and just in the last 30 seconds here, any other resources you'd like to share with uh, share with the listener? People need to learn how to cook. You need to take a cooking class. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. What you need to do, um, you know, going out for restaurants, really super expensive. So take a cooking class. We offer cooking classes privately through our catering company. A little bit, we're everywhere, all over town. Check out uh, Chef Helena's website, graysonscatering.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. You're listening to Blair Manton with Sands & Associates. I'm Elaine Scollin. The show is called Dollars and Cents. Sands & Associates, experts in helping you get out of debt. For more information on any of the services we've talked about, go to the website, sands-trustee.com for more information. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.